You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to episode 15 of the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark, Maddie, and Gordy on this wonderful Friday afternoon. How are we doing, everybody? Just lovely. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. It's cold and windy and snowy. <laughs> well, not snowy. It's just frozen snow. I feel like I live in Canada. <laughs> oh, trust me, that's exactly what the weather's like right here now, too. So. Ugh, this is the worst. I want to be at a beach in the sand and be <laughs> hot. But anyway, I digress. So, uh, Calgary Flames last night fall 4-3 to three in overtime to the uh, Montreal Canadiens. No good. Calgary drops now their third straight game, although to counteract the sky is falling, that's 10 games out of 12 with points, so it's not terrible, right-ish? Um, three in a row... Uh, Concerning lately is Calgary's play after the first period. Um, Two-goal lead last night looked really good in the first, had some good jump, moving the puck well. And then all of a sudden, first intermission happens, and maybe Lanny should have spoke after the first intermission, not before the game, to uh, get them going, because whatever happened in Montreal's locker room, it certainly worked. Montreal comes back with two goals in the second period, uh, ties the game. Oliver Shillington gets his first in the third, and Montreal ties it. Midway through the third, then we go to overtime, and Montreal played probably the most boring hockey I've ever seen in a three-on-three overtime. Three-on-three overtime was supposed to make the game fast, correct? Um, It looked like Montreal had 12 skaters out there just moving the puck. It was like sludge. Uh, Max Domi, of all people, gets a goal really like three minutes or so into overtime. Calgary loses 4-3 to at home in the retro white jerseys, and uh, just... Overall, not good. Uh, last three games. Anybody's uh, thoughts on what's going on with the Flames right now? Well, I think if you're to pick the biggest uh, problem out of those three games, other than them losing, it's the fact that I think they've had their best three first periods of the entire season these last three games, and then you know they they didn't get a, they didn't couldn't score against Carolina. They got one goal against Pittsburgh, and then you know two against Montreal, and just none of it was able to translate into the rest of the game, which is not a not a trend we want to see them fall into at all. Maddie, your thoughts? Um, so I didn't catch last night's game. I got to watch the Flyers beat up on the Sabres. That was it sounds like a whole <laughs> lot more fun than it really whatever is. happened in Calgary last <laughs> night. Uh, <laughs> but uh just looking up some of the numbers, uh if the flames are still, it looks like bleeding a good number of high danger chances, um, which is not a recipe for success. Um, even if your goalie's playing pretty well, and especially if he's not um, on a given night, that's uh, definitely not going to do you any favors. So I think that's been kind of an issue throughout the season. And now it's it's burning them, I think, a bit more over this yeah, last stretch. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I don't think David Riddick uh, helped the Flames at all last night. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe one of the four goals that went in, you could, you know, 
say, okay, you had really no shot at that one, but especially the overtime goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just like, good Lord, guy, come on, you got to stop that. And then the the blocker side goal that went in where it's like, oh, all right, again, really, we could probably, mm-hmm. I mean, easy for me to say because I'm not David Riddick. But, you know, I just, I think after he let in that first goal, I mentioned it in the recap, I feel like his body language completely changed and he was just kind of like, mm, like Eeyore in net, just like, a, okay. It just didn't, yeah. it, it kind of went downhill from there. And I mean, Montreal put 43 shots on net last night. So it's not like uh, he was, underutilized last night. I mean, he did have to work. And it was one of those nights where he made some, honestly, some spectacular saves last night, which he probably had no business making. But then the ones he should have been making, he wasn't making. So um, all in all, I don't think the Flames helped themselves much in the second period at all because they they played terribly. They were outshot 16-7 to in the second period. And overall for the game, they were outshot 43-27. to And 27 shots on, that's probably not going to get you much. Um I didn't look at the total shot numbers because I know they were probably another 20 that went five feet wide of the neck because that's just what they do. Um, they can claim they're passing it off the boards, but they just don't have shot accuracy whatsoever from the blue line. Um, so, uh, you know, so now Calgary loses three in a row, but yet still uh, not that far out in the standings. Um, they're second, they're the second team in the wild card in the West, but they're only a point out of that. So it's not exactly like the sky is falling totally. Right? Maybe? Anyway? Uh, mercifully, uh, these other Pacific Division rivals have been stumbling as well. You know, uh, is uh, Arizona's 0-2, I think, since they got Taylor Hall. Edmonton is thankfully in a free fall. And so if, you know, Calgary is getting a little bit lucky by their opponent's results, but, you know, I, I it's not too late to, you know, save the season, but they can't keep going on little slides like this. Yeah, I almost feel like this is kind of one of those, oh, the Pacific is bad again out of like, you know, or the West is outside of maybe like the top three teams. The Pacific is like, don't worry, we'll we'll bring up the bottom of the, the conference. We got this. We can handle this. This is what we do. Because uh, you've got it right now. Calgary's uh, in the second slot there, one spot behind Winnipeg um, at 42 points. And Edmonton's, you know, got the, the sixth spot with 42 points. So they're just, they're just outside of that. But it's almost like where did that team go that won seven straight? That team that was loose, the team that was having fun, the team that scored goals. You know, I mean, it's it's tough. Last night you score three goals. You know, after having a two goal lead, you should probably win that game. You would think, but maybe you don't. Maybe if you're Calgary, you don't uh, hitch yourself to a two goal lead. You know, midway through the first period, and then try to coast on out. You got to you know maybe push that lead a little back. But I think you know there is there is some room for improvement. But as Gordy mentioned, you know, it's not like the Pacific is like this red hot powerhouse division. That's like, all right, we got this. We're going to, we're going to be the leaders in the West this year. It's like, Oh, the Pacific's garbage again. And we'll take a couple teams in the playoffs. So um, I guess that'll leave. Sorry. It just seems like an entire division of, you know, unknown teams like San Jose is a former contender now falling all the, you know, the California teams and whole are just at the bottom. And then, you know, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, uh, Arizona, Vegas like they're all just they're kind of middling teams right now so if if no one kind of takes the reins and takes over the division like Calgary did last year well it could be you know coming down to the last game of the year to get you know squeeze into the playoffs it's been such a weird season just in general like I think the Atlantic's the same way with that too it was just as a tangent like it's been so weird nothing makes sense (laughs) 
No, it doesn't mean you look out east and you've got, you know, you've got Washington and the Bruins up top, clearly, as the, your powerhouse teams. And the Islanders are right there, too, because the Islanders are having a heck of a season. But even look at the Islanders, they're 23, 8 and 2. And that still puts them five points behind the Capitals. And, mm-hmm. you know, 23, 8 and 2 still puts them behind the Bruins, you know, like in, in the Eastern Conference. It's like, it's crazy. And a team like Buffalo that struggled mightily is still in this at 16, 13 and 7. So, you know, if you Jack look at Eichel's that, there's going to drag that team into the playoffs. <laughs> he's like, he's the that Dale, poor boy. The, he's the Connor McDavid of the East. <laughs> team, let's yeah. go. I'm all you got. Hop on. Let's do this. You know, he, he finally and, is and it, number two to Connor McDavid. He learned from that draft. You got to carry your team if you were drafted that high. Right. And, <laughs> and probably like Connor McDavid will not finish his career in that said city he's in right now. He will probably end up somewhere else. Uh, well, he's from Chelmsford, right down the street from me. So if you know if the Bruins want to add him, that wouldn't be a bad little touch. No, <laughs> not that I'm promoting the Bruins doing anything good. We we love the fine folks over at Stanley Cup of Chowder, and I love that interesting lot of fans in Boston. But you know, <laughs> anyway. So um, I think we covered that. Anybody have anything else they want to add while we're uh, talking about how bad the Flames are and where Jack Eichel should go when he leaves Buffalo eventually? <laughs> Well, for how gorgeous those jerseys are, those Flames better win a game in them soon because if there's some sort of curse around them, that's going to be very sad. I was going to say, have we considered that they're cursed? <laughs> Two overtime losses. Potentially they, they could be. be. I mean, they should probably you know rest them for the rest of the season and bring back old Blasty and see how they do with that. And if it works, <laughs> just keep playing in that because I will not give I – will, I will die on that hill. <laughs> that jersey needs to come back because it's the greatest thing of all time. Who doesn't want something that looks like a dragon that's supposed to be a horse with fire coming out of its nose? I mean, come on. It's the greatest uniform design of all time. But that's a whole nother podcast. We could talk about that. <laughs> um, we actually do have something coming up that's pretty cool regarding uniforms for all our listeners out there. Uh, SB Nation Hockey is doing something over this, you know, the extended Christmas break for teams. And some people are doing it right now. But we are doing a... um the worst uniform in your team history series. So, um, and we did have a lot enough when you think about it, a lot to choose from, from Calgary. So that's coming up on, I believe December 27th, that'll be up there. So um, I don't think the result will be too surprising. <laughs> so <laughs> We'll just leave it at that. Um, so rolling into the next subject, we were talking about, excuse me, Taylor Hall there very briefly, uh, Calgary rumored to be in the mix for Taylor Hall, but I kind of seemed like Hall didn't really want to sign an extension, wanted to kind of, First off, just priority one, get out of New Jersey. Uh, number two, um, figure out where to go next year. Didn't want to apparently hitch his wagon to anything right now. Um, how serious do you think the guys, you guys, let's try that again. Let's try to speak it like a human being. How seriously do you think Calgary was in this Taylor Hall situation about potentially bringing him to Calgary? Anybody think it was even really close or just the flames testing the waters? Well, I mean, didn't. Drager say that they were like one of the sort of finalists, mm-hmm. if you yeah. will. Like they surged back up and they were right in that mix there at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these insiders, like I'm always a little bit skeptical, even though yeah. they're plugged in, but I'm like, uh, well. The yeah, like- I don't think we'll know the the obviously all the pieces involved, but the the rumor was was Calgary was offering New Jersey more of a hockey trade, whereas the trade they ended up taking from Arizona was pr- picks and prospects, whereas it was Sam Bennett and Travis Hamannick were two of the alleged main pieces going back to New Jersey. And then the high draft pick was conditional on Hall yeah. signing, which which 
Hall's agent is pretty famous for, you know, encouraging his clients to not sign until the end of the season. I think for a guy like him too, it makes sense. I mean, he, he toiled in Edmonton for years as, you know, the best player on a bad team and then gets shipped to New Jersey, which is a rebuilding team, which honestly New Jersey in a couple of years might be a decent hockey team. They've got some pieces. Mm -hmm. They're young, but you don't think of Taylor Hall as an old guy, but Taylor Hall's been around for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, Taylor Hall might want to get to a contender. And if you're Taylor Hall and you're like, okay, I can go. Arizona's playing pretty well this year. I don't know how much of a contender Arizona is. I just, that team, I never, I cannot understand that team on a thousand different levels. Um, between the Minecraft Coyote jersey, just how some years they're good, some years they're terrible, some years you forget they're in the league. Um, and then there's this year where they're playing really well. Um, again, I don't see that as a long-term fix or fit for him either. But, I mean, Calgary's got pieces, but he's probably looking at the Flames right now and be going, like, you lost six, you won seven, now you're, you're mired in it. Like, why the hell do I want to go there? It's, I mean, outside of being home, close to home, home, you know, I just, it doesn't make much sense for him, so. And you look at the the stuff that the Calgary is willing to give up. I think I think I read one of them too. Might have been like I did read the Hamannick one. Seemed like Bennett was definitely one of the uh, mm-hmm. linchpin pieces. Dubé was also mentioned potentially at one point as being one of those guys. But for Leakley, I'm like, who? Don't... It's, it's like the Flames are going through the refrigerator. All right, that's going to expire soon. And all right, that that might have expired. They're just pulling out all the junk out of the fridge and trying to make you know craft casserole to send to Jersey and. I just don't well, see outside of them getting rid of one of their better players, like how, you know, how they would have made that work. Well, it's it's interesting too that Calgary was willing to, you know, kind of take some pieces out of this this roster to acquire Hall. It wasn't clearly they don't think this, you know, this group of players as is is you know necessarily who they want. So they were willing to give up. You know, Hamannick's a pretty well known leader in the room. Bennett's yep. the grittiest guy on the team, and if they're willing to give that up, then you know. Flames management might think they're in a different position than we do in terms of how that locker room gels. That's a good point. Maddie, you were going to say something happened? No, just, um, I don't know if I'm sort of in the minority here, but I like, I'm not super impressed with what Jersey got back for mm-hmm. Hall, to be completely honest. Like, I mean, the picks are good and conditional also, but like the first two prospects, I don't know a ton about, but like the, Ball, I don't remember his first name, but like I don't think he's supposed to actually be very good. He's, he's Ball? like what? he's on the <laughs> he made, he's on Team Canada's roster for the World Juniors, which is obviously always a bribery factor. But yeah, I'm I'm not yeah, but, I'm not too familiar with all of Arizona's prospects either. Yeah, I think he, uh, he's. I saw somebody said like he's projecting to be like a Samuel Moran who's in Philly's system, who is not super good <laughs> but big. I'm like, oh, yeah, great. he's like Mark Jankowski. He's big and he's projected hey! to be good. And he's not. <laughs> Sorry, anytime I can slag Jankowski, <laughs> so just jump, just shoehorn that opportunity in. Um, you know, you talk about mentioning like Hammock being one of the guys. And like, if I was Travis Hammock and I get traded, I'd be like, how many times do I have to get my face broken? To like get some respect as a leader on this team. Like I, I had the entire season last year. I had my face smashed in half. I got no fight protecting one of our players. I got no teeth in my head. Like, like what do I got to do to get a little bit of love here in this town? So um, I think all in all in the end, I think what Calgary draft pick wise, you never know how these things are. They're so hit or miss. It's just, you're guessing at that point. It, that's just, you know, that's trade commodity trade. Uh, 
uh, whatever the word I'm looking for is. I just don't think, um, you know, I, you never know how those kids are going to pan out. And like, if somebody wanted to take some of Calgary's yuck and get Taylor Hall, that's fine. But I don't know if Hall as a rental was going to be the the key that's going to be like, okay, now we can start to drive back in and take over the the conference and the division. So, and um, if you don't think if you didn't think you could get him to a contract extension either, this is not a draft. You want to be giving up your first round pick for a rental necessarily. Like it's, it's going to be a pretty bit deep draft this year. Like draft yeah, from all I can, yeah, from all I can hear about that is like Peter Lubardi asserting every game when he talks about the draft is like, this is the deepest draft he can remember in a long time. And I trust anything Peter Lubardi says because he, <laughs> because he could tell you what the Canadian, you know, the Canadian team did in the world juniors back in uh, 1972 uh, point for point goal for goal, player number, height, weight, size, and hometown. So uh, whatever Lubo says, I trust. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think, you know, you hold on to your picks and you go from there. Cause Taylor Hall, you know, I mean, I don't know if he would have, re- if Cal, if Calgary had got him, I don't know if he would have resigned here anyway mm-hmm. in Calgary with, I don't know if they would have even had the capital to uh, mm-hmm. make that happen. So all right, I think that wraps that topic up, unless anybody's got anything else they would like to add. Nope. So we'll uh, hop right into Fan Poll Friday today, our results. And the question today was, is the Flames play lately making you nervous? I think we all discussed that maybe it's a l- little bit nerve-wracking, but also the division is so bad it doesn't really matter right now. Um, you can be terrible and still make the playoffs, which isn't going to help you, but you know, at least you'll get in. And uh, 79% of our readers say, yes, they are nervous. 14% not a chance and 7% say they've pulled the sheets over their head and they're hiding under the blankets. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so uh, clearly flames fans are on the edge and um, they have a little bit of a concern with how the flames are playing with all of that stuff out of the way. We are going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox, and we will be right back after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to episode 15 of The Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark, Maddie, and Gordy this afternoon. We uh, just finished the first half recapping the Flames and Canadians debacle from Thursday night. We talked about Taylor Hall being traded to Arizona and if Calgary would was potentially even in the mix. And we wrote up with a fan poll Friday results. Now we're going to go to the lighter side as we've been trying to do here lately and have some Fun topical nonsense. We don't want to talk about anything that's happening here in the States. So we're going to go right into holiday uh, fun stuff that we've got going on. And um, the first one, everybody always talks about this. It's like, what's the one thing like you always wanted as a gift, but never got into this day? Like if you could ask for it and get it, you would be over the moon excited. Um, you know, we've had a little bit to talk about this. I think that's Michael skipped out today because he doesn't like <laughs> gifts or music. Um, he says he's sick, but I think it's gifts and music for him to throw him off. So, um, anybody want to jump in first? Uh, anybody have a thought on like the one thing, like if you woke up and were like, Oh, oh my God, I found that rod, you'd be like out of your mind excited. Maddie, I, I can see know, the wheels honestly. turning. <laughs> yeah. I thought really hard about this and I, I don't know. And it's not even like, 
not to be all like, oh, I always got everything that I wanted for Christmas. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I don't even think I just ever asked for anything that really out there. Yep, other than enough. like a puppy when I was little. <laughs> That's every I would kid. still By love way, a puppy I, though. I have one if you like it. I could drive it down. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she's sitting on my feet right now and keeping them warm. So she stays here. <laughs> she's my foot blanket. <laughs> All right, so Maddie's got nothing because she grew up in an <laughs> perfect life and got everything she wanted. Gordy, you're up next. <laughs> oh, man, I, th I was thinking about this a lot, too. I'm not sure if there's, like, a specific, like, item I never got. But, you know, just watching so many Christmas movies, I always, I always felt like, you know, my family was wrong not having some gigantic Christmas event, you know, like New Year's Eve or Christmas morning. Like, I don't know, my house just always felt, you know, <laughs> kind of barren compared to, you know, with the what the industry's telling us what Christmas is like. I guess, I, yeah, so I guess be, having a gigantic Christmas would be, would have been one of my wishes. All right, fair enough. So you wanted like the uh, Christmas vacation, the tree burns yeah, exactly. down, the squirrel yeah. comes out of the that's, tree, that's, the Rottweiler jump. <laughs> that's the perfect movie to describe it. <laughs> G Gordy never had a Merry Christmas shitter's full experience. He's very disappointed. <laughs> Fair enough. That's actually no. That's something I never thought about like that because I my family's really small. It's you know when I was a kid, it was me, my mom, my dad, my brother, and you know we had like an aunt, an uncle, an aunt, you know a couple cousins. We were pretty small, and we all so Christmas at our house was small. So I never thought of it that way. You know, all right, I'll be the selfish kid that was like when I was a little kid. The <laughs> only thing I ever wanted, and I literally, I think I asked for it for like until I went to college, so like for Christmas is straight. And when I was just at the point where you got to college, you're like, all right, I got to stop asking, but I want to ask just for the hell of it. The one thing I always wanted as a kid was the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. <laughs> like, it was the coolest <laughs> toy ever. It was like eight feet long. It was like, and at the time it was like $150 and you were like, wow, that's expensive. <laughs> and now you could probably get it on eBay for like $12,000. Like, like, you know, and I was always like, I was like, oh, can I get the aircraft carrier? And then looking back on it, I'm like, you're an idiot. Where are you going to put an eight foot toy in a house? Like, <laughs> the dumbest thing ever. Like, my parents were totally right, or Santa Claus was totally right to never bring me the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. This is absolutely ridiculous. You want groceries? You want to eat dinner on Christmas? Or you want to play with a 12-foot toy? Like, come on. <laughs> so, but every year on Facebook, I do post, like, this is the, uh, how old am I now? 43? I got to do the math. It's probably the uh, 37th Christmas in a row where I did not receive the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier for Christmas. <laughs> so, that's where I roll on that one. Um, totally unprepared on a prep. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I wear a black armband every Christmas when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, actually, we'll piggyback. We didn't really have, um, you know, a plan for this, but like anybody have a favorite gift they ever got? Is this something that we woke up one morning? We're like, yes, this is the greatest ever. Hmm. I got a, I got like a transformer one year and I don't, I don't know how many times I went between car and robot mode. That was just, I think that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. And Gordy was like, everything was uh, yeah. everything great all the time. <laughs> awesome. All right. We'll just, we'll bag right out of that one and we'll move on. <laughs> Gordy broke a transformer. Yay. All right. We're good to go. <laughs> so um, what's your favorite like holiday TV special? We, we tackled worst Christmas song ever, a holiday song ever. And honestly, after we got off the podcast, Maddie, I thought of 55 other ones that I hate as well. <laughs> so I'm quickly growing from like, wow, the holidays are fun and turning into the Grinch. So, um, <laughs> but um, you guys have a favorite holiday TV special. Like it could be your favorite because it brings back, you know, some sort of memory that was nice or because it's just so stupidly cheesy. It's the greatest thing you've ever seen. Uh, Maddie, you got one? Like, um, 
like the Charlie Brown Christmas, like that. <sighs> yeah, something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, it could be Charlie Brown, could be Rudolph, Santa Claus is coming to town. I don't know, any whatever. I think it might be Charlie Brown. I know yeah. Frosty's the one that's on a lot yep. down here too, but that one always made me sad. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. I remember crying as a kid at the end. <laughs> Like, like, I'm like, this is not supposed to be fun, like sad. It's dark. Like, right, for exactly. Kids. Yeah, we're like kidnapping children, trying to steal a magic hat. Like, I don't think you could even air that today. Good Lord. That's like a plan for somebody. All right. If I have a magic hat. Anyway, sorry, we're not going to give people ideas. Gordy, you, anything out there? Oh, what's the uh, what's the Rudolph like kind of stop action motion special? Uh, Rudolph, yeah. yeah. With that the- one, oh my god, the abominable snowman in that one just it scared me every single year. I could never watch <laughs> that. I hate that snowman. <laughs> I love the island of misfit toys. That's, yeah, that's, that's my favorite part of that. Like cowboy that rides an ostrich, the jam squirting gun, like weird stuff. Be like, what? Be like who would even make that? Like, what were the elves drinking at that point? Be like, I got a great idea. Let's just go gun and put jelly in it. <laughs> How do we get from? all of these nightmarish Christmas specials? Like, for children. Like, yeah. Who, I know. You look back on them and you're that? like, yeah, the heat miser and which uh, one is that? Santa Claus is coming to town with the evil is like the Satan of Christmas. Like, it's just so bizarre. Like, you know, you spend your entire, you spend six weeks or three weeks, however long you, you know, when you set up your stuff, just terrorizing your children to make them afraid that they're not going to get anything from the guy that breaks into your house at night while you're sleeping. <laughs> totally makes no sense at all. <laughs> anyway, we're going off on a whole different uh, side subject here. I think if I was going to do it, mine would be the uh, a very Brady Christmas, the Brady Bunch Christmas, because it is absolutely the dumbest Christmas special <laughs> of all time. They all come home as adults to the same house. They all have problems. Jan wants to get divorced. Bobby wants to race dirt track cars and everybody's all upset. And then at the end, Mike Brady gets called to the job site on Christmas Day and the building collapses on him. And they all sing outside. They sing, oh, come all ye faithful. And he... Parts the debris and walks out like Moses. It's the worst, dumbest special ever. And I watch it every year because it's awesome. I've never seen this and I'm horrified. You have to watch it. It's amazing. All those cute little kids you remember from the Brady Bunch, you're like, dude, drugs were bad. You should probably stop. Like, as an adult, it's not looking good for you. But um, yeah, that was a, I remember watching that as a kid. My mother was like, for real? And I'm like, this is amazing. Are you kidding me? Like, good Lord. They sang a song and and he emerged from the dust. He's alive. It's amazing. Mike Brady survives because Carol can sing. So stupid. <laughs> uh, Gordy, I think you were going to say something, or oh, are you just hanging up, being like, "I'm quitting." <laughs> <laughs> They've tried to erase it from existence, but the uh, the Star Wars holiday special is oh. a shocking piece of <laughs> movie yes. that exists in the universe. <laughs> Yes, that was the first time you realized George Lucas was going to ruin everything you loved about your childhood at some point. Yes. Well done, Star Wars. Well done. All right. Um, if we're good with uh, holiday talk, we're going to kind of flip the script like we did last week and talk about something a little bit more uh, serious. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, um, the Flames released a letter from Kelsey Snow. She is the wife of Calgary Flames assistant general manager chris snow and she uh let everybody know that chris is now battling als um if anybody is not familiar with als it is a disease sometimes known as lou gehrig's disease he actually kind of put the spotlight on the disease uh 
when he was playing for the Yankees many, 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 many years ago. Um, it's a disease where your muscles slowly break down, where you lose all muscle control. Um, you, you know, it's, sometimes it starts with like motor skills, hand-eye coordination, then it progresses to walking. You're confined to a wheelchair. Um, you can't speak. You can't, you know, barely use your arms if you can even use them. But sadly and cruelly, your brain stays functioning for most of the time. So you're kind of like trapped in like a, like into like a decaying prison. Um, you know, your, your mind is sharp. Um, you can communicate in different ways, but your body just completely fails you. And most of the people end up dying due to respiratory failure. Um, Chris's family has had it rough. Uh, his father died of ALS uh, just over a year ago. Two of his uncles have died of ALS and a 28 year old cousin died of ALS as well. And Chris tends now falls on the side of the five to 10% of people who get ALS uh, inherited through a family gene. The other 90 or 95%, they have no idea why you get it. And unfortunately, as of now, there is no cure. So um, not to completely bring it all the way down, but um, I know, I think I could probably speak for all of us here at Matchsticks and Gasoline and probably across uh, SB Nation's hockey platforms that um, we are sending our thoughts and prayers to the Snow family because they have a very, very long road ahead of them. Chris is in the early stages. There is a lot of uh, uh, development going on right now. There still is no cure, but, you know, there are fundraisers constantly. Um, Pete Frades, uh, who went to Boston College, was a baseball player uh, just outside of where I live. Um, died this past week or last week of ALS. He was the guy who uh, championed the ice bucket challenge. I don't know if any of you guys remember that, but it was about four, four years ago where it was in the summertime. It was people went outside and filled a bucket full of ice water and dumped it over their heads as a challenge to raise awareness for ALS. And uh, Pete fought valiantly and he just passed. So uh, we're hoping we don't have to have this talk at some point. We hope that Chris Snow battles this, battles this and fights it till the end. And, you know, hopefully he's the guy that gets the cure. Um, then, and everybody can have something. I had a good friend of mine who was 52 and died of it. So I, I know what it looks like and it is extremely terrible. It's sad. And we're hoping that everything works out for Chris and his family battles through this because no family should have to, uh, deal with the amount of suffering and tragedy they've had to deal with through one disease. So hopefully things go well for Chris and, uh, we're sending our love and our support to, uh, your family, Chris Snow, if you're listening. So, um, Thank you guys for letting me get that off my chest because this is a uh, that was pretty when you read that the other day. I was like, man, this thinks, you know, this is a this is a tough disease. And, you know, we write about hockey, but sometimes hockey is just like we talked about last week, Maddie. Hockey is not important sometimes. So excellent. All right, guys. Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. So uh, that's going to wrap it up here on the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website. If you like what you heard, you can download us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio and Google Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at MatchsticksCGY, on the internet at MatchsticksAndGasoline.com, and on Facebook backslash MatchsticksAndGasoline. I think I got them all in there. Maddie, Gordy, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Thanks. Absolutely. All right, and we will talk to you next time on the Tinderbox.